0: Sometimes it's hard to make financial sacrifices when the reward might not be seen until several years into the future. Today, we're going to talk about some of those situations here on Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi.
1: becoming a millionaire isn't just about growing your money it's also about protecting and preserving your wealth by using the right financial strategies for your situation welcome this is middle class millionaire with john choi john has his master's of science in financial services and is a certified financial planner and the president of epiphany capital
0: Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. It's Patience Pays, the power of delayed gratification this week here on Middle Class Millionaire, and it's also Christmas week. So this is our final podcast of 2023 this year. So John and I are going to share hopefully a couple of useful nuggets of information as we uh, break out for the holiday season. So let me go ahead and wish everybody uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. We're dropping this about, I don't know, two days or three days before Christmas. So John, welcome in my friend and happy holidays, buddy. Hey, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you too, Mark. Absolutely, man. You got any good plans?
1: You hanging out at home? What's going on? It's going to be a, uh, hopefully a restful season for me. My family's uh, all back. My daughter from college is back. So full house and the Christmas tree is up and my wife is in charge of buying the gifts. So (laughs) I hope the Christmas tree will have a lot of presents underneath there. We got some stocking stuffers going on. So... Nice. You know, all that jazz. Nice. Good stuff.
0: Yeah. I hope everybody has a an enjoyable and hopefully somewhat relaxing holiday season. We'll be back with new episodes in 2024, which is weird to say already. So don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, whatever platform you like using, Middle Class Millionaire. We've been getting a lot of Um, listens and downloads here recently over the last couple of months. So thank you very much. Keep doing that and share it with others who might enjoy the podcast as well. And again, it's Middle Class Millionaire or find it at John's website, johnchoy.net. That's johnchoy.net. All right, my friend, let's get into some patience pays here. I've got um, five key points I want to talk about for the power of delayed gratification. So let's run through these and see what we uh, can do with these passing up on the 401k match. Now, think about the holiday season, right? The budget gets tight for many folks, they're trying to get extra Christmas gifts or this that or the other. And sometimes, and it could be other walks of life too, right? It's tempting sometimes when things get really tight in the in the home and the budget to maybe forego pumping that money into the 401k. Maybe you're maybe you're doing 6%, right? And you need to scale that back down or something like that. But if you do, do not go below that free money place. Let's say that the company gives you, you know, 3% matching and you have to and you're doing 6. If you got to cut it, don't cut it to where you don't get that free money anymore, right, John? Cuz that's a
1: delayed gratification that you certainly don't want to leave out there. Free money to me means 100% return on your money. Best There's place you can get it. No, it. There is no other investment that I know of right. that you wait like one day or like nothing. And you get 100% return.
0: I think the and only one is, uh, what, that Will Rogers quote where he said, take your money, if you want to double your money, fold it in half and stick it back in your pocket.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, you know, you still have a, a dollar bill in your pocket, though. Sure. So this is truly free money. And, you know, depending on your plan, of course, they will match up to 3%, 4%, yeah. 5 whatever it whatever is. Whatever it just, is. Uh, yeah. And, and I would just, you know, talk to your HR person or your benefit person at work and see... Hey, how much do you match up to? And if you if it's as you said 6%, man, I put away 6% of my paycheck and
0: mm-hmm. it goes
1: to 12 and it grows tax deferred and the compounding interest on that holy smokes Yeah, man. That is great. That's good stuff. Right.
0: And so, again, every situation, every plan is going to be a little different. You know, so like if you're, you know, let's say you had gotten in a good position for a little while and you were really pumping away, which is great. Maybe you're trying to save that 10 or 12% that, you know, many advisors talk about trying to do that to get ready for retirement, but you got to cut back someplace. Well, fine. But make sure you're doing the math and don't cut back that free money because, again, you just, you're no place else you're going to get that. So that's a pretty easy one there for the power. That's the minimum. Yeah. That's
1: the minimum. Minimum that you need to put in your 401k, now you can go up to 22500 if you're you know, 49 and younger, and right. if you're 50 and older, you can put in that extra $7,500 catch-up contribution, but minimum is is the company match, okay? Yeah. For sure, for sure.
0: All right, number two, say you mentioned tax-deferred accounts, saving only in those, right? So contributing to traditional IRAs and 401ks and other tax-deferred accounts is convenient at the time. You know, because it does, I guess, lowers your tax bill for that year. But how many people, John, are we been hearing over the last couple of years going, "Man, I wish I'd have looked into some other options." Obviously, the Roth being one, because
1: they do realize that the tax time bomb is is growing. Yeah. So I've looked at hundreds, if not thousands, of of balance sheets, if you will, of clients and potential clients, and here's the the macro trend that I have found. I have found that in the three different types of buckets of money. There's the taxable. Those are your brokerage accounts, your you know joint accounts. And then you've got your tax deferred accounts, which are your 401ks, your IRAs. And then you've got your third bucket, which is tax-free money. Those are your Roth IRAs. And there's one other category in there, but I won't go into that right now. But if I break it down into percentages... I find that about 15% or so of a client's investable net worth is in their non-qualified, their brokerage accounts, their Mm -hmm. taxable accounts, column one, if you will. Okay. And then in that middle column, the tax deferred accounts, your 401ks, your IRAs, 403bs, things of that nature, about 85% is in there. And typically not a lot of people have a lot of money in their tax-free accounts. So that is, you know... And everyone wants tax-free money. And I said, okay, that's great. But if you've got nothing in your tax-free accounts, guess what? You can withdraw nothing from those tax-free <laughs> accounts. So we're going to have to do some shifting and move some money over to the tax-free bucket.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah, can't can't withdraw nothing, right?
1: No, you you can't you can withdraw, you know, what's 100% of nothing? Nothing. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Yeah. So, and again, you know, many people have find themselves in that position now where they're feeling like you know, they should have done something else. And and I and I get it because this is what we've been taught to do. It's what we've been ingrained to do for a long time, John, is just to go ahead. You know, you take that job, you're working that job, you pump into the 401k, you know, and your tax is going to be lower when you get to retirement. All that stuff we hear. Uh, and we're just finding that it's not the case as much anymore. Right. So people often find themselves regretting, wishing they'd have. You know, maybe gonna looked at some other bucket strategies before then. So keep that in mind.
1: Yeah. And I was going to say about regret, right? Mm -hmm. So when I talk to folks that are at RMDH, right, which is 73 years old, you know, invariably, the biggest regret that those folks have is they say, I wish I would have known about Roth conversions. And the other one is, you know, putting it into cash value life insurance those two, I wish I would have known that. I wish I would have contributed more money. And in fact, they're like, here are the names of my kids. Can you make sure that you talk to them so they don't make <laughs> the same mistakes? No, I'm serious. No, That's, I, no it, It's happened.
0: It's great. And I, I'm glad to hear that too, right?
1: Yeah. So they're like, please have them learn from my mistakes because if I tell them it's eh, if right. a, a financial advisor tells them maybe that'll hold some, some more weight. So that." that was uh, one of the biggest regrets that they, that I've heard of yeah nope. is not uh, contributing into their uh, tax rebuckets i'm right there with you i tell my daughter all sorts
0: of stuff to do with her uh, situation you know and she's 25 and of course she's like yeah yeah and she knows what i do for a living and she's like yeah absolutely yeah then i'll ask her later and she's like oh i'll get around to it and i'm like uh so i'm like i got to have my advisor friends like you talk to her right cuz she's not going to listen to dad No, no. No, That's the way it goes. So, all right, let's go to number three, Uh, depleting the emergency fund. Again, if we're talking about the concept being delayed gratification here, it's easy to dip into that account when you need money for another purpose. Hey, maybe Christmas, right? So maybe you dipped into that for Christmas, but was that really an emergency, right? So, you know, building that six to 12 months of expenses, maybe it feels a little overdone, especially if you're a pre-retiree and you're still working. This maybe is a little different conversation if you're already retired but for pre-retirees right having that proper amount set aside for those unforeseen expenses is pretty important right and and what it can do for you down the pike when an emergency true emergency shows up is going to be very helpful
1: yeah the CFP board recommends that it's 3 to 6 months so we don't have to go all the way out to 12 now if you're both business owners and you don't have a a huge salary coming in, like or, or a consistent salary coming in, okay. you can push it off to twelve. But three to six months, three months, uh, if you have uh, both salaries, you know, two working spouses, and six months if you if there's only one source of income, just one salary, and and one is a stay home stay at home mom or mm-hmm. stay at home dad. So then you want to go to six months, but it's six times of your monthly expenses. So if your monthly expenses to run the house, to pay the bills, to, to put food on the table, let's just say it's $5,000 a month. You want to put in anywhere between $15,000 and $30,000 away, and it should be into what we call cash or cash equivalents. I don't mean cash under a mattress. I mean in a savings account or in a short-term CD or in a money market. Money markets these days, they're paying like four or five percent. So it's uh you know, it's not just burying it in the backyard. You can get some good interest off of it these days.
0: Yeah, no, that's for sure. And it's worth you know having the conversation. Look at but be careful, right? I think the Fed just announced, John, at the time we're taping this podcast, uh, in the last day or so that they're planning on cutting Uh, rates going into 2024, right? So we've saw some of those 5% or whatever, you know, CDs and things of that nature. They were short term, uh, 12 months. So anything longer than that, they weren't kind of doing the same kind of numbers because I think they saw this probably coming as well. I had a
1: seven-year product that paying 6.1% guaranteed for all seven years and that lasted uh, about two weeks, and then they start dropping the rates. Mm. I wish I would have gotten more money in there, but you there know, you go. It is Same. what it is. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So with them making that announcement, they're talking maybe up to six cuts. Uh, potentially going into the twenty, or going through twenty twenty four. We'll see how it plays out, but. That was the announcement the other day. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, Cashing out a retirement plan. So again, power delayed gratification being the concept here. It can really be tempting to cash out that 401k IRA to pay for something like a home remodel, maybe, or some sort of midlife crisis moment. Um, Looking at that, you know, Corvette conversation kind of thing, right? Uh, But it's, you know, this is when I talk to advisors, John, this is like the dead last option that you should consider if you're trying to take money for something is cashing out a retirement plan. This just has all sorts of uh, bad juju that could be attached to it.
1: Yeah, I like that bad juju. So, you know, not only will you pay tax on everything that comes out of a 401k or an IRA, that will add to your existing taxable income, it could push you up to the next tax bracket. You mm-hmm. don't want that. It'll affect your AGI, of course, your adjusted gross income. That's a very important number because you want to keep it under certain thresholds for tax credits and tax deductions and things of that nature. So you really want to keep an, uh, an eye out on that AGI. It's all its all a tax conversation. But um, if you're under 59 and a half, also a 10% premature distribution penalty on that. So you're going to get whacked in taxes, whacked in a 10 percent uh, penalty and that is not good. Now, if you absolutely need a um, if you absolutely need to tap into your 401k, mm-hmm. see if your plan will allow for a loan. In an IRA, no loans. Okay? You cannot take loans from an IRA. Gotcha. But in a 401k and if it's your employer then they may allow for loans. There's different, you know, thresholds and different limits, and you got to check your your plan for that. But that is one way that you can do it. Now, you can't do it from a job that you held. If you're retired, you can't do it from a job that you retired from because you're you're no longer working at that company, right? But if yeah. you're working at the company, you can maybe take out a loan. But that's like the second to dead last thing that you want to do.
0: Yeah, and this thing is like a really like a quadruple whammy too, right? So you mentioned the taxes, you mentioned the penalties, uh if you're under, you know, the certain age. But then think about if it's a down market and the, the growth potential that you're limiting because you pulled the money out, right? So I mean this is just across the board it's it's really like the the last effort, the last
1: resort, if you will. Yeah. But if, if you if you need it, you yeah, there's no can to take out a loan. Of course. Yeah, right. you can't take out a loan. I would take out a loan before I cashed it out. But you know what? Going back to the emergency fund, exactly. if you have built up an emergency fund, <laughs> you probably won't have to do that, right? Yeah, exactly,
0: so. exactly. And especially if we're thinking about it, something like if you're just looking to use it for a home remodel. To our conversation a second ago about you know the interest rates, right? So if it's something, let's just use that as an example. Yeah, the rates got a little high for borrowing money here the last little bit, but if they start cutting it into twenty four, you know, you delay that project, then you'll be able to just go get a home equity line and and really be in a much better choice of, you, I think, of that financial choice than, than taking money out of that, cashing out that retirement plan. So Yeah,
1: we were, personally, uh, we were looking at a uh, bathroom remodel mm-hmm. and um, they said, we'll do it. It's a uh, 0% interest. Now, I didn't pull the trigger and shame on me, mm-hmm. um, right. but that was not too long ago. Maybe... 18 months ago, two years ago, and if interest rates do come down, maybe they will offer that deal again, and I'll probably jump on it this time. So if if that is something that you are dead set on doing, I mean, why would you cash out your retirement plan if you can get free money? Yeah.
0: And, or even just a low interest rate, right? So just look at other options and please talk with your financial professional before you take any action on anything we always talk about here on the podcast or any other show you hear really. Uh, Cause we all talk in some various different ideas and generalities and hopefully trying to share some useful, good nuggets of stuff, but we want to see how it relates to your specific finances. Cause what John's got going on in his world is different than what's going on in mine and so on and so forth. So even though this stuff is sort of universal, you want to see how it applies to you specifically. And with that said, John, that brings us to our last one to wrap it up here for delayed gratification. And that's working with maybe the wrong professional. You know, many people reach a point in their lives when they, you know, they, they finally start working with somebody, maybe a new advisor or a different advisor. Maybe they've been doing the DIY thing or whatever the case is, right? And you just, you maybe come across that feeling that this isn't the right fit. And you got to find the right one, right? Because I think and ultimately that's going to get you where you want to be because you got to have somebody you can work with, talk with, understand. They understand you, you understand them, and you're working towards that common goal together.
1: Yeah. I mean, at, at certain points in your life, you have to put on your big boy pants, your big girl pants, and, <laughs> and go to someone that would be a little bit more apropos for your situation. So younger couples, they want to just start building um, in their 401k, in their um, you know brokerage accounts. That's fine. And you can just go to an advisor that just focuses on the investment piece of the pie. But as your financial situation gets a little bit more complex, and there's a little bit more moving parts. Now you've got kids. Now you got to do 529. You got to do emergency funds. You got to do uh, home mortgages. You got to do, look at your insurance policies. You know, that's when I first bought my life insurance policy, was when, you know, we started having kids. And then it just kind of, builds and builds and builds. And then, you know, you get into your forties and fifties and you get stock options and you get your 401k balances are getting big and then you move jobs and there's so many complexities and there's so many, um, hidden tax traps. So my concentration really is to focus. Uh, if I had to say, I focus on one area, one piece of the pie it's tax and it's simply mm. because it just is pervasive throughout the other six modules, the other five modules, excuse me. And um, almost everything becomes a tax conversation. How do we save money in tax? How do we get better deductions? How do we get uh, more credits? Because that's going to directly impact your bottom line. So if you're just working with an investment-only person, that's fine. But you know, if your situ- situation is a little bit more complex, if you're entering retirement, things of that nature... Then you're really going to want to look at really a holistic advisor that would talk about Roth conversations, talk about putting, you know, shifting some money out of your tax deferred accounts into your tax free uh, accounts. So that is when you may want to do some sniffing around, ask for referrals and And look for an advisor that can handle the entire situation.
0: Absolutely. So there you go, folks. So some places to think about the uh, power of patience, patience, power, whatever way you want to word that, Uh, kind of (laughs) think about that as we go through the holidays. And with that said, thanks so much for hanging out with John and I here on Middle Class Millionaire. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Just type in Middle Class Millionaire into the search box of whatever app you like to use. Apple, Google, Spotify, all that good jazz. You can find us there, or you can find us at John's website, johnchoy.net. That's John, C H O I.net, johnchoy.net. Get yourself a, a calendar appointment, have a conversation, uh, all that good stuff. Reach out to him, get started today. And, buddy, have yourself a great holiday, my friend. Mark. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays to everyone. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time. We will see you here in 2024 on Middle Class Millionaire. Bye-bye, folks.
1: Epiphany Capital is a Registered Investment Advisor, RIA, located in the state of Illinois. Epiphany Capital provides investment advisory and related services for clients nationally. Epiphany Capital will maintain all applicable registration and licenses as required by various states in which Epiphany Capital conducts business, as applicable. Epiphany Capital renders individualized responses to persons in a particular state only after complying with all regulatory requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption or exclusion.